Guys, we just spent like 25 minutes doing a, a massive deep dive in IUL. We talked about cap rates, par rates, spread charges, cost of insurance, option costs. We broke down the ins and outs of IUL and I said we, this guy broke it down <laughs> and I just quite frankly was around long for the ride. This is Better Wealth with Caleb Williams. Hey guys, it's Caleb Williams here with Better Wealth. In today's video, we're gonna be breaking down all the ins and outs of an IUL and what you need to know. I'm here with my good friend, Chris Kirkpatrick with Life 180. And Chris is by far one of the, the gurus out there teaching people all they need to know about IUL and you're biased. I am. And so I just want everyone Openly. to know that there is a bias against IUL for what Chris is about to share with you. And so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna, I'm gonna be watching as well, commenting, and the purpose, again, of this whole channel is to create content uh, that will help you be more intentional with your money. And so with that, why don't here you we, here we go. introduce this and break yeah, this down? Yeah, no, so, so I thought it would be fun, Caleb and I were just talking, and I thought it would be really fun and beneficial for everybody to really understand the moving parts, the mechanisms of Index Universal Life. He said, I'm biased, I am. I used to be the head of business development for the top IUL company in the country. I had to stop because I learned all these components, right? And it's actually kind of gotten a little bit worse since I left the industry on the IUL side of things. And I'm just really passionate about what life insurance can do for people if it's utilized the proper way. I guess the context of this I think it's important to know. I, I get the reputation, I think, of being like the biggest IUL hater in the world. Is that fair? Well, you have the IUL challenge. I have the IUL challenge, which, you know, I've, I've got some videos on that. But basically, the IUL challenge says, hey, we just came through the greatest bull run in the history of, of the world. And you're going to find out why the IUL challenge exists based on the information that I'm about to give you. But the bottom line is, with the way they're sold with the upside potential and downside protection, that upside potential is sold like, hey, you're participating in the index. Well, we just had the greatest bull run decade in the history of those indexes, yet IUL still didn't perform. And to prove it, because I know they didn't and people are saying they did. Now, I'm not saying they couldn't have. I'm saying 99.9% .9 of them haven't. And so with that said, I created this challenge. I've got over 100,000 views on all the different platforms of the videos pushing the IUL challenge on multiple channels. And not one person has been able to show me an Inforce illustration now that has matched the original illustration. They've always performed worse. When I show you what I'm, I'm going to show you here on as to why that's the case, I think it will start to make sense. And I think while, you know, a lot of people think I, I hate IUL, I don't hate IUL. I hate the way that it's sold. I hate the way that it's misrepresented. I do believe it has its place. Um, and so let's just, let's just get yeah. into this. So, so I'm going to, I'm going to talk to you because it's okay. more fun rather than preaching. It's more fun okay. to talk to you. Right? So, do you know exactly how life insurance companies participate in the index? Yes. You do? Do you want me to try to explain I, it? Yeah, I'd love it. Okay. I'd love it. I'd so love it. Uh, essentially what, what they do is they take the interest that in, in a whole life company or mm -hmm. a carrier would, would just pay you as a dividend or as a UL carrier would just pay you interest. What they're doing is they're buying a call option that is essentially says, hey, if the index goes up a certain amount, that's why there's a cap, we're going to credit that. So we're going to exercise the call option and, and get that. But if it, it, but if it doesn't perform, if it, it goes below whatever, they're just not going to, the, the call option just expires and they don't. So that's, that's how they use options for, to Perfect. get the upside and limit the love downside. Love it, love it. So here's, here, let me put some numbers to that, yep. okay? 
So basically, let's, let's just assume after everything's said and done, your policy has $10,000 of cash value, okay? So what's gonna happen is the life insurance, what he said, they know, let's, the general fund, they know that they're gonna get, let's say 4%, okay? Yep. So they know that your policy is gonna earn $400, okay? 4% of 10,000 is 400 bucks. So what this $400 is, this is what they create the options yep. budget with, yep. right? So this $400 is the options budget. And so then what happens, they say, okay, we're gonna take that $400 and we're gonna go buy options. So what will happen is as Caleb said, if this, this right here, so when we talk about over the last decade, when I first started selling IUL in 2009, okay, cap rates were 16.5%. That's insane. No joke, at that point in time, we were told that we were being conservative running them at 9.1% assumptions. Looking back, that's obviously insane. By 2011, they were down to 14%, right? And then by 2015, they were down to like 12%. And now in 2022, we're talking between nine and 10%, right? So the last decade, it, this is important context to understand as to why mm -hmm. IULs haven't performed the way that they're sold. And this is one of the reasons I, I created the challenge. So one of the greatest ways IUL companies have ultimately over the past decade or more since 2009 have really reduced their performance is they've reduced the cap rates, right? And mm -hmm. so I'm gonna get into that. How, why do they do that? Why do they have to reduce the cap rate, right? Because a lot of people think, well, the market's done really well. Shouldn't the policy perform well? No, because the cap rates get reduced. The cap rate, if you're not aware, that's the most that you can earn in the policy. Like back then you could earn up to 16.5%. Floor of zero, that still exists. But if I sold it to you in 2009 with a 16.5% cap rate, we were illustrating because of a high cap rate at 9.1%, being told that was conservative, and then, you know, today, if you had that same policy, by the way, it's nine to 10% on new business, but here's the other thing about IULs that I can't stand. They have new business and they have yeah. old business. On these old policies, what happens is, let's say it was generation one IUL, mm -hmm. and then generation two came out in three and four and five and six. Like, I mm -hmm. just looked, I just did a review the other day on the Pack Life Accumulator six. It was the yeah. sixth generation of the Pack Life Accumulator, yeah. right? Generation six comes out and they got a 10% cap rate, that's new business. They, all these insurance companies utilize high cap rates, high performance in the first couple of years to buy business, to attract business, yep. and it illustrates well. These, these policies, I've seen illustrations at 6.75% So you, what you're saying rates. is they're dropping it, like after they illustrate, you know, after, as the years go on, they're dropping it significantly. As the surrender yeah. period goes on, the cap rates get reduced, but here's the crazy part. This old policy will get reduced to, to a lower number, but then they'll yes. take new business and they'll market why, it at a higher number. Why do you think that is? Because I think that's criminal, quite frankly. It, it should be, honestly. Because it's just dishonest. It's completely dishonest. Yeah. Okay. Like, so so like, is there anything so, that a company can get, do they have a floor in how far they can drop the cap rate? Yeah, 3%. 3%. Well, and that's for most companies. It can go to 2% in some. Most companies have a floor right. of 3%, which is what? the equivalent of a traditional universal life. Yeah. Effectively, yep. right? And ultimately, yeah, that's, that's, that's insane. So do you wanna go back to why the yeah. cap rate? So is... the cap rate gets reduced because of these two things. So like what has happened over the past decade? Interest rates have decreased. Interest rates 
And by the way, it's the only metric really that matters with this because it's how much they can get on their general fund so that they can put it into an option trip. Interest rates, this general fund is created by the fixed market, yep. right? Yep. So interest rates have gone down. So the, there's two things that, that lead to the performance of an IUL. Interest rates. And volatility. Options costs, i.e. volatility. Yep. The higher the volatility, higher the options costs, and higher the competition, Correct. right? So, yep. so it's been the perfect storm for IULs. In the, in the greatest bull run in the history of the market, mm -hmm. they've had to reduce cap rates so people haven't been able to participate in that full upside yeah. because their performance of the general fund, so their options budget has gone down and their options costs yeah. have gone, gone up, right? Now, this is why, and I, I gotta do this because I can't help myself, because I, I am biased, but I gotta, I gotta do this. This is why I tell people, I'm, I'm a big believer that I, I think, listen, there's no guarantees, so like I wanna make that totally, totally clear. transparent and clear. I'm a big believer whole life could possibly outperform the illustrations that we're seeing right now because they are just the fixed market and the whole life is what impacts the dividend rate. So if, as the general fund performance starts getting better, mm -hmm. dividend rates have the, a greater potential of getting increased, fair enough? Fair enough. Okay, yep. in an IUL, that way it may increase their options budget, but the other thing that happened in the last decade is there's been more competition in the IUL market, right? right. And so therefore, that's also driven options because it's supply and demand, right? Right. right. And Which so, should, but also could be good because it keeps these people honest. This is what's crazy to me, Chris. This, this actually is something that we should camp out longer, maybe not in this video. Yeah. The fact that companies can drop <laughs> this lower than what they're... Dude. That's criminal. It's, I saw somebody sent me a Midland National IUL policy statement the other day. Seven and a half percent cap rate and they bought it four years ago with a 12% cap rate. And what, what were they advertising this year? 10. That's insane. Because but let's, they create yeah. new generation products. But, but you and when, they, yeah. when you create a new generation product, and this is where I think regulators got it wrong, and I believe they'll, yeah. they're, gonna, they're gonna catch up with it, right? Like yeah. they have to, Yeah. they have to. And so, but, but the thing is, as they release these new products, there is no requirement for the insurance company, once they release generation two product, let's just say it was generation two in 2011, and they reduce the cap rate here to 14%, they could have reduced the 16 and a half to 12% while the new business was 14, and, it, and they don't have to advertise it to anybody. The only thing they have to do is send a letter to the policyholder. So they have to do that, but let's face it, the policyholders have no idea what they're reading in those policy statements. Advisors have no idea. What exactly, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So like, that's the problem, yeah. Yeah. right? That's fascinating. And so, that I knew this because we've chatted, but this right here is it. insane. To see it, right? There should be another, we should do another video on this. But yeah. I have a policy statement. I'm gonna redact okay. some information and, okay. and share it because okay. it's, it's mind numbing. So cap rates go down. Here's the thing. It's important to understand. Okay, so I'm gonna get into details with this a little bit. Um, so that's good to know. So what happens is, let's, let's, let's take an index for an example, okay? Because mm -hmm. like, let's do a little deep dive here, right? So, so what happens is we have, uh, you, you, you buy an IUL, you participate in an index, let's just call it uh, the S oh, index. Let's do that again. You participate in an index Let's just call it the S&P 500, because that, to me, if you're gonna do one, well, I'll get into it more later, but always do the major index, because it's got the history, it's not proprietary, it's not gonna have a lot of manipulation going on to it's it. It's also gonna be one of the lowest cost. It's 
It's gonna be the lowest cost, all that actually, well, actually that's not the case anymore. Okay. Because they created these proprietary indexes to reduce the cost because there's no competition for it. So, but, but you, you wanna do this, so what's gonna happen is, based on this options budget and the options yeah. costs and all that stuff, they're gonna say, we're gonna give you, let's just call it a 10% cap rate, with maybe, let's just call it 100% participation rate. I'm gonna call it par rate, right? So what happens is though, as they write that cap, you have to look at the illustration because they can say 3% guarantee, hmm. right? And then they go for the par rate, maybe it's 50% guarantee. I'm, I'm just giving examples, right? Yeah. So, so this is what the can last- you, Can you explain par rate in a second for people? Yep, so participate, I'll do it right now. Yeah. So participation rate is saying, if the, if the market does 10% and you got a 10% cap, that means you can earn up to 10%. If the S&P earns 10% yep. or 15%, you're gonna get 10%, yep. right? At 100% participation rate means you're gonna get 100% of the 10%. Some policies will have 125% par rate, right? So if that's the case, you're gonna get 12.5% on the 10%, right? Is, is that the case or is it the, it needs, you don't need quite 10% to get no. the cap? No, it's okay. you get twelve and a half percent. Okay. Yep. So you you would get whatever that okay. like you know. So that's fine, right? Like, but but this is what the last decade looked like. Can so, they change the par rate as well? Yeah, the company. So the, it can go down to fifty percent. Meaning, if you have a cap of ten, you can only earn five. Five. If they reduced it to fifty. So okay. so this is the thing. The insurance company has all these levers. This is a lever. This now, is a lever. Chris, what if what if the S and P did. 20%, do you, can you still get to 10? So if the S&P did 10, like so, so it, typically these are two levers. This is like a traditional IUL, yep. okay? Yep. So it would have a cap rate and a par rate, okay. right? And so they probably wouldn't change both of these at the same time, yep. is really what, ha is like likely what normally would happen is they would go, we're gonna go down to nine and a half percent, right? That's you know, like, they do that. Or then, and then they go to 9%, right? Which is, what a lot of companies have done recently. There's even a couple companies that have gone down to eight and a half percent, right? So like that's the case. But let's say they didn't wanna do the participate or do the cap rate, right? So what they would do instead is they would say, we're gonna keep our cap rates at 10, but instead we're gonna drop the participation rate to 80%. What is that? That's effectively like reducing this to 8%. Mm -hmm. Because if it does 10%, you're getting 80% of that, which is 8%, mm -hmm. which is crazy Though in most of these policies, they can reduce the participation rate and the cap rate. And if you did yeah. both, it's, yeah. it's travesty, right? Now, that's, that's that. So we have to realize they have all these moving levers. So I have the cap rate, participation rate, spread charges, cost of insurance can change. What's the difference between Options spread cost. charges and cost of insurance? So spread charges are, are something new that they've created for uncapped rates. So okay. when regulation AG49A came out, in 2020, mm -hmm. companies came out with two things. Um, well, they didn't come out with them, but they became way more popular mm -hmm. and designed differently, right? So they came out with two things. So number one is proprietary indexes. Very indexes. And they, then they came out with no cap indexes. Okay? So what they would do is they would say, um, A, they're gonna create their own like 
uh, Nationwide came out with their own like Zebra Edge, just as an example. I'm just gonna use that, that's at the top of my mind, right? So the Zebra Edge Index, which by the way, they got rid of subsequently. Mm. And in the illustration, when you read, I just went through one the other day, when you read that, they say in there, on any annual policy date, we have the right to basically stop this performance and force you into a different index. Yep. Like, yep. They just have a know, lot more control. They have all the control, right? Not you. The no cap index is, this is where the spread charge comes in. So let's, let's just go to the S&P 500 as an example. What, what's scary is a lot of people use proprietary indexes and then do the no cap, right? Okay. But Which let's no just, cap sounds good, right? No cap sounds great because what, what happens is a lot of people over, over COVID, when the market tanked, March of 2020, and then all the way to April 2021, if you look at that, the market was like up 60%. So if we had a no cap, right, yeah. with a 7.5% spread charge, and the market went up 60%, and that was your point-to-point -point time, I could illustrate for you why, how you made like 52.5%, for instance, right? Mm -hmm. your, your IUL earned 52.5%. Do you remember, do you ever see any marketing uh, I, around I, that? I saw, yes. That's why, that's why, yeah. because of these. But here's the deal. It, you can't sell somebody on an idea with a product that you got to think really long term with these, and then say, "Hey, look what you did this year!" Like it's yep. like it, you got to think long term, right? And, yep. and that's where all these components come into it. So what we have here, let's just call it the S and P five hundred again, right? And what they would do is they'd say no cap and a seven and a half percent spread charge. I'm just going to write spread. What they do here though is they say. I'm just gonna give an example of this um, not specific product, but let's just say 20% because I've seen this. 20% guaranteed. Mm -hmm. So meaning, this is what happens. If the S&P earns 10%, you only get 2.5% credit in your account because the first 7.5% mm -hmm. goes to the company. And they have the, they have the contractual right to make it so the first 20% performance of the S&P goes to yeah. cover the cost of the options in the index, right? Like, because that's, that's it, interesting. right? So here's, yeah. here's what I go to show everybody. This, and this is so vital to understand. Are you okay? You're still, you're still protected at zero. There, you're always gonna have a 0% floor on these products, always, right? So it, what's important to understand, let's just use this as an example, okay? Mm -hmm. So up here, we got a 10%, 100%, 10% yep. cap, 100% participation rate. We're, we're with the S&P 500, mm -hmm. okay? Down here, we have uh, S&P 500, no cap, 7.5% spread. At the end of the day, what is the commonality with this and this product? There's a lot of moving parts and all those moving parts are not in your control. Okay, so that's one, and I, I wasn't thinking that, but that's really good, I like where your head's at. The common, the, like, but the real technical commonalities, because I'm trying to be fair and super hyper-analytical yeah. for people to understand how these things really work. The one commonality in this is we got the S&P 500. Okay, yep. so we're utilizing in these examples the S&P 500 yep. index, okay? Yep. What are we doing with that? How are we participating in that index? We're participating with an options budget, an options cost, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Those two variables going into the same index, so no matter what, the performance long-term is gonna have to be the same because we're dealing with the same variables on the top end, the input yep. is the same options budget, the same options cost, so it doesn't matter if there's no cap, or if there's this, at the end of the day, they're gonna move whatever lever 
spread charge, whatever, right. long term, right. these policies, I got news for you, are gonna perform identical pretty much. You know what's interesting? What if they gave you the option to put more money out of your own pocket into the option <laughs> to give you more upside? Because well, at the end of the day, sure. the where these a lot of these people are, are right is if these things do perform, it's in a tax-free wrapper because mm -hmm. it's life insurance. But the, but the reality is what you're pointing out is there's so many moving pieces. I'm still caught up on Chris on this because <laughs> this, this kind of is depressing because it doesn't even matter what the illustration's saying. If they can just mark you down below while also advertising to the new customers coming in, like that yep. fundamentally doesn't sit well with me. It doesn't sit well with me. But it just shows you if they can do this and they, there's so many variables that can change, at the end of the day, majority of people aren't even structuring these things. Properly. And they have no yeah. clue what they're doing. Totally. And I don't know if we want to even do a deeper dive on option A versus option B. Like, I don't know if that's a yeah. whole other video. Yeah, it's probably a different video because yeah. I mean, I, I literally could talk about this for three hours. Yeah, we know. Like, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it, this, is, this is, what's that? I was like, how many minutes are we in? Yeah, exactly. Thing? 20? Oh, yeah, that's yeah so. So like what we're, what we're looking at here though, so we've covered the cap rate. This is something that is gonna get yeah. moved, right? Yeah. The participation rate can get moved. We have spread charges that can yeah. get moved no matter what. Now what's happened here, it's important to understand, they created these cap rates and eliminated, or they created the no cap product. And you notice what's not on here? A participation rate. Because over a decade, they built a reputation saying, well, all these companies, people like me out there saying, they, they just reduce the cap rates and they reduce the participation rates, so they're right. dangerous. So now they came out and they go, well, we're gonna get rid of that argument, we're gonna create a no cap product, and we're gonna eliminate the uh, no participation rate, we're, we're just gonna add this new thing in. This is like a new concept a couple of years ago. Yeah, it's just, right? it's just another way of they're saying just, par rate. Yeah, 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 yeah. like yeah. they have all these different ways. I even yeah. saw a, 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 a Pack Life product the other day where they guarantee 15% they guarantee 100% participation rate with a 15% cap, but then they have another mechanism, which is, I can't remember what they call it, but it was effectively like a multiplier. Right. And it's a 1.15%, but they can drop the multiplier down to 60%, when, which by the way, if you go 15 times 0.6, it goes to like yep. 8%. Yeah. You know? So, so do you think over, over time, properly structured whole life policy will outperform a properly structured IUL policy? When, when it comes to a, cash on cash. That's a tough one. Um, that's a tough one. Okay. I, 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 my personal belief is yes, um, yeah. but. Because some people, and I'm just playing devil's advocate, yeah. some people could say, okay, this is terrifying. Mm -hmm. uh, it's like, if you're anything like me, you're like, it doesn't 100% make sense, which I don't think it, I think majority of people, if they're being honest, even selling this, mm -hmm. they don't fully understand this. Mm -hmm. but, but over time, their whole deal is, well, it, whole life is sometimes a black box. They're not always super transparent in all these things, Ooh. and so, just, just hear me out okay. here. So over time, over 30 years, which is gonna perform better? And my whole deal is, I don't wanna put my money in risk of something that's out of my control because this doesn't come across as a safe asset to me. You whereas whole yeah. life would. You don't put your money into a policy like this to take risk, right? right. That is, most Correct. people buy these because of the upside potential, downside protection. Right. You can never lose your money to right. market loss. But right. You can lose your money. Right. Look at the, like I always tell people, when you look at these policy illustrations, don't look at the current, don't look at the guaranteed, because I don't think that's ever gonna come into play either. I don't think yep. it's a fair, like there's a lot of people that are out there that are whole life people that hate IUL and don't really educate themselves enough. And they're like, look at the guarantees. It's like, if we're having that conversation, we're all in a lot of trouble, right? Yep. Like, I mean, like realistically speaking, what do I think is gonna happen? I think whole life has a potential to outperform. Mm -hmm. I think IUL, we talk about compounding. 
when they don't perform the right way, when the caps get lowered more, when the illustrative rates don't get met after a 10 year period, you're talking compounding starts working against you because right. everything in the illustration is based on a, a consistent level of performance in the policy. And as soon as it does, if it doesn't start off right, and that's yeah. the thing, I did an interview with Bobby Samuelson, I love it, and I did a little TikTok clip on this because like, I took it out of the video because it was hilarious. And he's like, effectively, IUL agents are the equivalent of lottery ticket winners, right? Imagine you, you, you have a buddy that wins a lottery, right? And, and he goes, look at me, I'm the best lottery ticket picker ever. Right. I just won the lottery. You should give me your money to buy lottery tickets. That's how good I am, right? Yeah. No, yeah. that makes no sense. That's how lucky yeah. the index universal life industry in its, and its own has been because they haven't performed in the greatest bull run. And yeah. so what's it gonna look like when the market doesn't do well, right? Cap rates keep going down, options costs keep going up. Cost of insurance, that's the other component to this, right? The cost of insurance here can get really, really expensive. It's annual renewable term. Yep. The company doesn't have to raise the cost of insurance. I had a class action lawsuit attorney reach out to me the other day and he was talking to me about Midland National actually is sending letters to their IUL policy buyers from 2007 or eight that they just actually are getting a cost of insurance notice in the mail increase mm. for their IULs, right? So that's another mm. thing, right? And so like that can happen, but even if not, if the policy doesn't perform, the cost of insurance is gonna go up because the net amount at risk is higher. And it, you know, I got news for you, if you're 70 and the difference between having 250,000 of net at risk versus 100,000 net at risk. It's a Big massive deal as far as the amount of money you're paying, right? Yeah. Guess what? That's what happens if these don't perform and then that cost compounds against you, right. Right? right? And so that happens, you know, so, and then the general fund performance. So these are all things that impact the performance of the policy and you need to understand cap rate, par rate, spread charges, cost of insurance, options, cost of general fund performance, that, yeah. All, these are all the variables that, by the way, you as the policyholder have no right. control of. Oh, and the other thing I was gonna say, you were talking about like whole life, people making comments about it being a black right. box. Right. Whole life isn't transparent. They don't tell you what the fees are. They don't right. do this. I can look at an insurance illustration with a whole life policy right. and I can look at the guaranteed column and I go, best case, not Totally, and case, you can run an IRR. Case, and you I can, can run an IRR. You can look at an actual internal rate return and you can run right. an IRR on yep. guarantees yep. Exactly. and look at the difference. So yeah, and, that's- And you and I always make the comment, what's the upside, yeah. what's the downside, can I live with the downside, yeah. right? Worst case scenario, I, if I'm selling you yeah. a policy, yeah. I could be like, Caleb, can you live with that? Yeah. If the sky starts to fall, can you live with that? Yeah. Right? And you're gonna say yes or no. Yeah, and, and it's not whatever. gonna blow up. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. And so, and so when, when people are like, whole life's not transparent. Okay, but it is transparent because what you see is what you get. When IUL agents are like, well, why don't they show you the cost of insurance fees and all these, all the admin fees and charges and all this stuff like we do in IUL. You know why they don't have to? Because they're fixed. They don't right. change. Right. IULs have to show you, everybody, all these agents that are out there talking about how it's a benefit that they're transparent, no, it's not. They're having to show it because those are all fees the insurance company can increase on you. They have to be transparent and they're not doing it to be transparent about the fees. They're doing it to be transparent about a little note in the top that says, we can increase these fees at any time. That's what it's all about. Like. That's what it's all about. Not all the ledger of all the fees that you're paying. It's this little asterisk up here telling you, guess what? We're gonna stick it to you at some point in time. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share this with the people that you know and love.